Hey, this is Bradley Weber. I'm the pastor of Release City Church, and this is our podcast. I'm super excited that you tuned in, and I really hope today's message encourages you, gives you a sense of hope, and inspires you to pursue all that God has created you to be. Now, let's jump right in to today's message. Well, are you ready to get into the Word this morning? I am, I'm ready. It's so good to see so many familiar faces. I know I just spoke with Mr. Daniel Hunt. Daniel, can you wave at us, buddy? He, he was, uh, was it Thailand? Is that where you, you went for a few months? And he comes in, he's real quiet, and he sits back there, and, and I'd missed him for those months that he was gone. And, and somebody said, hey, they told me a couple weeks ago, hey, Daniel's back in the house. And I was like, what? And so I, somebody said it, and I was like, I was at the door and everything, and I missed him. And I just, I, 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 we're family. We are family, and so, man, I, it's great to have you back in the house. Come on, y'all get it for my brother. Absolutely. So last week, we talked about vision, and I know I'm not talking about when you go to Target Optical and correct this. I did that this week, and um, not only are groceries going up, but I guess contacts are going up too. I don't know what happened, but hey, it's, it's amazing. I can see, and that's all that matters, right? <laughs> but it's 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 typical church protocol at the beginning of a year to discuss vision, and a lot of times it's the vision of the ministry. You want people to know what, what, what are they getting behind. Well, I wanted to flip the script a little bit and really talk about your vision. What vision do you have for your life? And, I, and, and, and we talked about this last week and, and about having a vision for our lives and the importance of how you see your life, how that matters, and I wanted, I wanted to kind of just turn back around and, and, and come back into this just a little bit um, more today. And when I say vision, I'm not talking about with these eyes. I'm referring to being led by faith, led by the Spirit of God, um, not eyesight, but insight. You know what insight is? It's, it's insight. It's what's happening on the inside that you, that you know he's put in there, Right? We said that having a vision for our lives allows us to see what's possible instead of seeing what is. The thing that these will show you is what is. This, these eyes will show you where you're at, what you're going through, and what's happening. It will, put a, it'll, it will zoom in. It has perfect attention to show you all the bad in your life. But when you have insight, when you have a vision for your life, you see all of this stuff that's happening here, you see it much differently because you know you're not supposed to remain here, you're supposed to be there. Everybody say there. And so it's a difference between seeing what could be and seeing what's happening right here and right now. Last week we talked about how you see it matters and we looked at the story in Genesis 13 um, about the story of Abram, who we also know as Abraham, his wife Sarah, uh, but their names were not that where we are. They changed uh, later. But we, we looked at that story, and I wanted to go back and check in on Abraham and his crew. So if you brought your Bibles with you this morning, these will not be on the screen uh, because of the craziness of technical difficulties this week, um, and, but I, I trust that you brought your word with you. Genesis chapter 15, beginning with verse 1. I'll give you just a couple minutes to get there. All right, Genesis chapter 15, verse 1 says this. Sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and said to him, Do not be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you and your reward will be great. 
But Abraham replied, O sovereign Lord, what good are all of your blessings when I don't even have a son, since you've given me no children? Eleazar of Damascus, a servant in my household, will inherit all my wealth. You, you, you have given me no descendants of my own. Stop. Do y'all hear, do y'all hear this, this back talk? Do y'all hear this back talk? From a, a human being, a, a, somebody that God created who is now smack-talking God. Since you didn't give me anybody, I guess my, 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 my servant is going to have to get my stuff. That's a dangerous place to be. You have given me no descendants, descendants of my own, so one of my servants will be my heir. Then the Lord said to him, No, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. Then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, Look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. God has a sense of humor. That's how many descendants you will have. And Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. So what we see here is Abram was, was in his tent. I'm just going to go ahead and... It's going to go ahead and tell you because because uh, I ordered a tent this week and I got it was supposed to be here by Friday and I got an email Friday that said it's been delayed and so I know somebody who drives the brown truck who comes to our church and I asked Mr. Paul Cowder, I sent him a text said hey I got a prop that's supposed to be here by um, Friday it's in Jacksonville as we speak any chance that's going to hop over a few miles to Chiefland today because y'all don't deliver on Saturdays after the holidays he said nope he said I checked our system he said it's going to be uh, it's going to be Monday you might need to go to Gainesville well I I didn't want to go to Gainesville Friday I had some other stuff happening so I was like I'm gonna go to our local Chiefland Walmart and I was like surely they've got a tent they had plenty of big tents, but I needed one, just a one-person tent that was going to be up here. And I got there, and all they had was a baby shark shark. You know, baby shark, doot, 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 baby shark, doot. And I said, I told the guys, I said, when y'all bring this thing up here, make sure baby shark is in the back. I was like, I, surely they got to have more. And it's an adult tent. I was like, but what adult wants to go camping with their buddies in a baby shark tent? Not me. So anyway, um, that, that, that is, this is where something like that, this is where Abram was at when he, he was inside his tent and he was complaining about his circumstances and all of the things, God, you said I was going to have the, and, and you haven't done it yet. Anybody ever been there? God, you promised that you're going to send this result and I, the result hasn't happened yet. Anybody? And he said, step outside. Now, I don't know I, when I was rereading this, I don't know about you, but anytime I was smack talking somebody in school and they said, step outside. It's getting ready to be on, like Donkey Kong, huh? Bam, right? Some of y'all are like, what's Donkey Kong? Sorry, young people, us older people, we know what Donkey Kong is and the original Miss Pac-Man and all that stuff. But God said, he said, step outside and count the stars if you can. I don't want to jump ahead of myself, but something, and then it went on and it said, and we read that in verse six where it said, and Abram believed the Lord. Something shifted. There's that word. Something shifted in Abram from being a complainer to God saying, step outside. Now, if God told me to step outside, you got my undivided attention. Yes, Lord. Right. Something shifted in that moment when God said, let's go outside, look up. Some, uh, maybe that's a word for somebody here today. Instead of, instead of, Counting all of your circumstances and naming them one by one. 
What if you went outside of your circumstances and just looked up? God will give you all the things to be grateful for. Listen, I, I had a conversation with somebody this week. Listen, the enemy will, will always bring stuff to your plate and to your table. He'll never remind you of the goodness of God. Sometimes the greatest, the greatest uh, antidote for complaining or allowing the enemy to bombard your mind, which, by the way, is the devil's playground, idle time, is just to simply be grateful for the things that you do have. I'm, I'm, I'm talking to myself today because I, I, I get the mully grubs. I get into me, myself, and I, I, I do. I don't think I've ever, no, I can't say that. Been aggravated at God and said, man, God, what, what are you? Hey, what you doing? Somebody said, man, that's disrespectful. He put that passion inside of me. And I have that relationship where I'm not being disrespectful, but, I, but I'm just trying to say, God, man, this is horrible. I need, I, need, I need to understand. I need some help here. Anybody else? Something shifted because there's a difference between just believing in God, which Abram did, and then believing God. See, I think there's a lot of good Christians who believe in God, but they fall short in the, I'm believing in God. In God. I need to believe in God. That's why that first message was being established in God. Genesis chapter 16, verse 1 through 6 says this. Now Sarah, it's not pronounced Sarah, but I, I, I can't. Sarah, I can't even pronounce it, so I'm going to say Sarah because that's what her name eventually became. Now Sarah, Abram's wife, had not been able to bear children for him. Are you leaned in? Y'all good? Here it is. But she had an Egyptian servant named Hagar. So Sarah said to Abram, the Lord has prevented me from having children. Go and sleep with my servant. Stop. Just because it's in there doesn't mean it's a good idea. It is never a good idea to bring somebody into the sacred, someone other than your spouse, into the sacred bed called marriage. Hello, church. I thought I'd get a little shout right there. She said, perhaps I, I can have children through her. <laughs> and Abram agreed. <laughs> Dirty dog. Dirty dog. Abraham agreed with Sarah's. Proposal. I want to speak to you today from this simple subject, living with vision. Living with vision. Living every day with vision. So last week I read to you the great cautionary scripture in the Bible dealing with vision. It's Proverbs 29, 18, and you know this if you've been around church for any length of time, where it says, where there is no vision... Or where there is no prophetic insight, the people perish or lose restraint. You can look around culture and society today, church, family, and you can see and identify people who have no vision. Because they're here one second with this group of people or this person, and then they're over here and they're doing this because that stopped feeling good, so now they got to feel good over here. I, I, gotta, I mean, I know people who go through trucks and, and vehicles more than they do change their drawers every day. Hello, church. Why? Because there's something going on on the inside that's restless and they need a vision because a vision will allow you to stay established and keep your feet heading in one direction. One direction. The Bible says that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. What's double-minded? That's, I mean, I, 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 yes, I, I, I believe you and I support you and, and, and well, now I don't believe you anymore. I don't support you anymore. So I'm going to go over here and I believe in you and I support you and I love you. 
Double-minded. Unstable. Unstable. <laughs> Can't argue with words. I mean, that's, that's ugly. That's ugly, Pastor B. Well, the Bible's ugly when you're not living it. Okay, let me keep on going. Another translation says it this way. Without a vision, order disappears. <laughs> That's why we're all about order here. That's why we want things to operate the way. Why? Because we have a vision. We have a place. We have a destination of where we're going. And my prayer before you leave this place today, if I say it every five minutes until we're done, have a vision for your life. Ask God, what is your plan? What is your purpose for me? If you don't know what that is, find that. That doesn't mean you're going to have a church. not, Not necessarily. That could be you have a classroom teacher. Hello? You could, you could drive a semi, uh, Brody. You could show up, you could show up at, a, at a truck stop. You could get that thing. I know you, you, you shine it by hand, but if you had one of those days where you needed to run it through that, that car wash down there, you know, that big truck, not a car wash, truck wash, they call that, I guess. And you roll up in there and you just have a conversation and you bring life to a conversation where there is death on somebody. Like they, when I say death, I don't mean they're dying. I'm saying ins- inside they're dying. And you bring something because you carry something. That's called having a vision. I'm not just driving a truck so I can transport palm trees and wood. I'm driving a truck because I'm transporting what's on the inside of me. And wherever I show up, I'm unloading. Yeah? Okay. Is this too much for y'all today? I wasn't going to apologize. I was just saying, get over it. I, can't, I don't know what else to say because I'm just telling you something has shifted. And I want to shift gears. I want to shift with him. Amen? Because if you don't shift gears, you stay at the same speed, and, 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 and you're going to burn out. Burn that clutch out. You're going to burn out. Come on, where's my, where my mechanics at? I don't know a whole lot, but I know eventually, if it's got six gears, you better use it. Huh? Somebody says six gear Corvettes. I think Corvettes have. I think I rode in somebody's Corvette one time. Has six, I don't know. You got all them gears for a reason. Brody, how many gears you got in that truck? Man, I'm doing good with the automatic. (laughs) Okay, let's keep going. So I told you last week that eyesight, listen, write this down. If you're taking notes, if you weren't here last week, you want to write this down. Eyesight shows you what is. Regret shows you what could have been. But vision, everybody say vision. But vision shows us what could be. So when I say live with vision, that's not live with your eyesight because you see and you know what's going on. It's not living your life with regret. I know a lot of people who just live their whole life worrying about a moment that they miss. Listen, I, told, I said it last week. God is bigger than a, a moment. But it's vision that we must live our lives by that shows us what could be. Everybody say eyesight. Regret. And vision. Some of you are living by eyesight. Some of you in this room are living by eyesight. <laughs> Let me say, all of us, unless there's a, a deficiency or, or whatever, you you do live a. a, a I love. It. Thank you, G. You are living a moment. You live a portion of your life with eyesight, but you can't let it overtake you because you need to see. Like I need to see you. You need to see me. Right. Sometimes I'm wondering if people are just closing their eyes because I'm boring and they're sleeping in church or because they're taking it all in, they don't need to see me. Y'all missed that good joke right there. So I, I see it. I see it sometimes. I'm like, wow, man, they're just soaking it up until I see their head go, amen, amen. 
Amen. And I had just said something like the toilets were stopped up or something, and you just said amen. Okay, anyway. Some of you are living by eyesight, living your life by what is, and you're stuck there. Some of you are living in regret with what could have been. Why didn't I do that? Oh my gosh, why did I say that? Why didn't I say that? Why did I go here? Why didn't I go here? Living by re- with regret. I, I remember when, when my dad passed and, 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 and we had had some, some conversations. And a matter, matter of fact, it was the night before he passed. Um, Amy and I, because Robin had already passed. This was almost three weeks. And the night before he passed, we took some food from dinner over because dad loved uh, leftovers at work. He loved his, his leftovers, and, and so I took him uh, some of our leftovers for him to have uh, lunch for the next day at work, and, and man, I'll never forget when I left the house, we just had a brief conversation there at the door, um, and I'll never forget, I went to the stop sign, and I felt the Holy Spirit, I, 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 not, not the Holy Spirit, I wanted, I wanted just to go back and put my arms around, I'm not trying to mess with your emotions, I'm just telling you. I want you to understand what, what regret can look like in so many different facets. I remember feeling like I wanted to go back and put my arms around him and tell him that I loved him. But dad was, he was stone cold. Now, he loved you guys, okay? But he was, he, especially under the circumstances of just losing his wife and all that, he was, he was hard, hard. And, and I, I didn't want to feel rejection in that moment. Like, I needed my dad, Right, because oh, it just took over the ministry, and we're going through COVID, and oh my gosh, what's happening? All this stuff. And can I tell you that when I got the call the next day, and I found my dad passed away in the floor in the bathroom, there was so much regret that I wanted to go back and just to be able to say, "Dad, I love you." And I lived in that regret for months, months, and the enemy loves to dominate. Your mind through regret. And I'll never forget the day that I had a conversation with my sister. I was walking the drive. We now live in my parents' home, and Brittany lives in Gainesville. And I was having a conversation with Brittany, and I was just having these open conversation with her saying, my sister Brittany, and I said, you know, I'm having these feelings of regret. And, and she said, you know, about other conversations that we had had, and she said, Bradley, she said, Dad doesn't see it that way anymore. Like he might have saw it that way here. Because of his eyesight and what was going on. This is all coming together like I didn't plan this. Just stay with me. He didn't see it. He he sees it differently now. He sees it from a heavenly perspective. I kid you not. If I could give you the recording of that. He sees it through a heavenly perspective. And I came today to tell you, church, that vision will allow you to see your life from a heavenly perspective. Amen. 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 I wasn't planning on sharing that because I know where my emotions can go sometimes. But I don't live in regret. I don't live in regret. I have a vision. And, and, and even when you, ha- when you know a vision, the enemy will try to bring up what is to cause you to focus on what is instead of where you're going. That's why you got to always focus on where you're headed. This stuff, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. That's Bible too. But vision leads me towards what could be. See, living my life based on what I can see won't bring change. And living my life with regret has never changed what happened. But vision can definitely change my future. 
You want to change your future? Get your eyes set on a vision of where you're headed. Now, when I say to have a vision and not focus on what is, I'm not saying to deny what is. Listen to me. It's like somebody getting hit by a truck and go, that didn't happen. (laughs) No, it very much happened. Hello, Jesus. (laughs) Right? So I'm not saying to deny what is, but what I am saying is I've got to keep my eyes on the future because if I don't, what is will turn into what has always been. And I'll never experience, I'll never experience and walk in the promises of God for my life. The thing that makes living life in those reoccurring moments of regret so dangerous and so powerful is the fact that regret is connected to a memory. Meaning you can remember a moment and regret will immediately come and fill, those, fill you with emotions, right? You can, you can, anybody ever dated somebody before? If you got a spouse, you dated. <laughs> and what a tough question. And listen, you can, you, well, this, this might, nah, well, I'm going to go ahead and say it. You, anybody ever dated somebody other than the person you're married to? Okay, wow. B, you're going to get me in so much trouble. You, you, you know this is true. You can smell something and it immediately takes you back. You can smell the, his cologne, you can smell her perfume, and it immediately takes you back. Come on. Well, let, me, let, me, let me keep everybody safe because I, I know I just, dunked, I just kicked over the sandbox right there. That perfume, sir, that she wore then that she doesn't wear now, the same person, hello, and she, you, you smell it and it takes you back to when you first met her. Is that, is that better? Is everybody safe now? Everybody going to sleep in the same room tonight? Okay. Unless you're doing that Ricky and Lucy thing. Y'all do know who I'm talking about, right? Okay. Same room, separate beds. Okay, anyway. Listen, 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 listen. Listen. We're not supposed to live based on our eyesight or the feel or feelings of regret. We're supposed to be living with vision. The reason living with vision is so hard is because we've never seen it before. <laughs> we've never been there before. Can I tell you something else about living with vision? Living with vision is very awkward. You look awkward. And living with a vision is lonely. It is. It's awkward because 75% of the people that you and I associate with and do life with live their life solely based on what they see. So if you pop up on the scene and you're, and you're trying to say, hey, I got this idea and I got this dream and they can't see it, <laughs> then you're now awkward and they leave and now you're lonely. So trying to live with vision, come on, I'm just, wanting, I'm just trying to prepare you. I'm saying, hey, live with a vision, got to have a vision for your life, but it's going to be awkward and it's going to be lonely. Unless you join in our group and you all have the same vision. Come on, I'm trying to connect. Unless you have, you, you're going to the same church that has the same vision. for you. What, 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 I'm supposed to be a doctor and they're supposed to be a teacher. Yeah, same vision. You're moving forward going with Christ. Amen. Not moving forward going on your own doing it your way. That'll get you in all kinds of trouble. You may be successful for a short time, but I promise you, if you, don't put, if you do not put the chief cornerstone, which is Jesus Christ, at the center of whatever it is in your life, your marriage, your finances, your career, whatever, 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 if you don't have Jesus at the center, your days of success will be shortly lived. He must be first. He must be first. That's why we come to church on the first day of the week. So, so let me ask you this, speaking of uh, being lonely and um, awkward, anybody remember the story of Joseph in the Bible, right? 
story of Joseph, coat of many colors, had a dream, right? God gave him a dream. What happened when he began to share his, he's supposed to be, I'm going to be a great leader. What happened when he shared his dream with his brothers? You're going to, you're going to bow down and worship me. <laughs> All kinds of stuff happened, right? Then when he told his dad who, who supported him, this is what God is going to do. His dad even looked at him sideways, right? It's, it's, it, so even family members will look at you crazy. That's why you got to get yourself around some people and, 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 and who support you and, and who, who are invested in you. It can be lonely living with a vision. Can I tell you something shocking? This is going to shock you. You, won't even, you probably won't even believe me when I tell you. You know, there's some people who have actually said some unkind things about your pastor in our community. <laughs> shocked me too. <laughs> why? Well, who does he think he is? I'm a child of God. I carry a vision. That's arrogant. Really? How? No. See, you got to talk big and walk big. Because if, 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 I don't, if I don't talk big, this room will lie to me. This room will tell me there's enough people here. <laughs> we'll be, the room most Sundays is, is full. I mean, we've been averaging, averaging anywhere from 150 to 200 people in this room. Excuse me, 195. I don't want to be evangelistically speaking. I don't want to run the numbers up. 195 has been our top since, we, since, since I stepped into the leadership role as lead pastor. That, that's not about me. That's, that means that you guys are connecting with the vision. And see, if, 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 if I get caught up with, well, the room's full. Yeah, I, great, the room's full. But there, do you know that there's over 44,000 people registered that live in our little Levy County? And can, I, I'm pretty safe to say that um, not even half of those um, are, are, are born-again Christians who have a relationship with Jesus. Not even half. And I'm pretty safe to go out on a limb and say, out of 44,000, 5,000 probably don't even go to church on a regular basis. I mean, you think about the churches and the size of the churches in our city. You know what that tells me? There's a lot more people who need the message of hope and who need Jesus Christ. So you doggone straight. I'm not just looking at this room because this room will lie to me and tell me this room is enough. No, I'm looking at ahead. I'm looking at what God is going to do. He's already stirring what's happening and it starts within you. I just learned a long time ago that I've got to talk big. If I don't talk big, it's too easy to stay where I am. And stay with what's always been. Hello, somebody. People say, well, the church don't need to grow. Then you're missing the message of the gospel. Here's what I've been trying to say. Regret will keep you stuck in the past. Eyesight will, will keep you stuck in the present. But vision will always allow you to see and step into the future. So let me give you three prerequisites. If you're going to live with vision. I'm going to give you these three and we're, we're going to go home. Okay? It's not Crock-Pot Sunday, so you're good. Those of you who don't understand that joke, you'll have to go back and listen to uh, last week's message, I guess it was. I don't know. Too many jokes. First prerequisite. was it? First pre... I can't say it. See, what's going to be so cool is I'll take, we'll take that out of the podcast. So I'll say it right the first time and be like, wow, he said that word like he knew exactly what he said. You have to be here to get the uncut version. All right, point number one, the first prerequisite of living a life of vision is here it is. Get out of your tent. Get out 
of your tent. Abram was in his tent and God said, what? Come outside. What was he doing? He was in his tent complaining about what has happened. And then, and then in chapter 12, God tells Abram, I'm going to make you a great nation. And now we're in chapter 15. Uh, 25 years later, Abram is 100 years old and he's in his tent and he's saying, God, where is it? The promise, where's it at? 25 years Dad started this ministry in like 1992, I think, something like that, 91, and for over 30 years had a vision. We used to have the board. I don't know what happened to it, and, and, and he, he drew what he saw. He had a vision. He died and didn't, he saw it, but he didn't get to experience it, but that didn't stop him. Was that, see what I'm saying? So even if Abram, 25 years had passed. The dude's 100 years old, still ain't had a child. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. That'll mess with your mind right there. God, how you gonna do it? I'm not, you are. <laughs> Listen, I'm not judging Abram for asking, and I'm not judging Sarah for wanting to give up and try a different option. Because I understand disappointment, and I understand heartache. You may be sitting here today and, you, and you've been faithful in your walk with God and you've attended church for years and you still haven't seen the promise, promises of God fulfilled in your life. I get it, but I understand how easy it can be to just stay in the tent and just say, God, where are you? God told Abram, and he's saying the same to us today, I've got to get you outside of your tent. What is the tent? The tent is your comfort zone. When we, when we get hurt, we retreat, right? We get in there, and we get inside, and this is our comfort zone. But your comfort zone is, it, it will limit you. It will limit you. I can't even see you. Oh, I know there's a, I know there's a window here, but right now I'm so hurt, I don't want to see you. I know, you're, I know we're a church, and, and we're in this together, but, 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 but I've been so hurt. I, I just, I just... You see me? I see you. <laughs> and I was actually going to take this tent back and get, get some money back because I only needed it for an illustration. And then this morning when I was getting ready, the Holy Spirit said, no, you're going to rip a hole in the bottom. I was like, why, God? He said, because this is what you're going to do. Because, see, we'll, we will stay in our tent and say, well, yeah, but Pastor B, I hear you. You're saying, you're saying that I'm, I'm going to be stuck. <laughs> I feel like... I feel like Y'all, I feel like, no, I, I feel like a mascot at a football game looking through the screen. But listen, but see, no, Pastor B, no, Pastor B, I'm still moving. I'm still moving. Do y'all know? I'm not, I'm not. It would be very, it's dangerous, it's dangerous staying in here. It's my comfort zone. This is what it's always been. My marriage has always been this way, but I'm still moving. I'm still moving. See, I'm not stuck. I'm still moving, B. Yeah, but you're inside. Yeah, but my marriage, my finances has always been this way. Church has always been this way. And what happens? We'll set it back down. And we'll shut it back off. And what God is saying for somebody today is come out of your tent. That ain't going back to Walmart. 
That's okay. I got a new one coming, and it ain't even a shark boy. I got a new one coming on Monday. I think Paul's going to have a good time when he drops that one off at my house. You should write on the box, shark boy. (laughs) Boom, put it right back on the truck. God is saying today, get out of your tent. Get out of your comfort zone. I'm trying to get you to move, and you can't move it. I couldn't move. I couldn't move at the same speed. I couldn't move at the same speed that I could if I wasn't restricted. It was dangerous for me to try to move if I stayed in my comfort zone. But I got to get out. God is saying, get out, of, get out of the tent. Look up. Stop looking at how it's always been. Stop looking at how, how, how it could have been. Stop looking at how, what hasn't happened yet and start looking up. Proverbs 23, 7 says this. Why is this so important? For as a man thinketh in his heart. Remember what I, remember what I told you last week when I said I'm not talking about these eyes. I'm talking about the eyes of your heart. This is the core of who you are. And so the Bible says in Proverbs 23, 7, for as a man thinketh, where? In his heart. So is he. That's why you have to have a vision. Because if all you see yourself is stuck like a duck, you can't move. And, and that's how you think. So there you is. There you are. Let me read Philippians. Um, Philippians. Uh, Philippians uh, 4.8. I'll just read it to you. This is what it says. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thought. Everybody say final thought. That means pastor's getting ready to bring it down, okay? Almost. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thought. Fix your thoughts on what is what? True. Not happening on Facebook and in the White House. Get out of small thinking. Think about the things that are lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Get out of small thinking and get into thinking big because God has something big. The Bible says he has more than you could ever imagine in store for you. I promise you, but you got to have a vision for it. The enemy will get you all in a tizzy about what's happening around you and to you. But there is something far greater in front of you, but you got to have a vision to get there. So the first prerequisite was get out of your tent. Number two, Align your view with God's word and not the world's view. Align your view. These eyes. Align your view with God's word and not the world's view. God said, look up and count the stars. God was like, I know you don't even have one child, Abraham, but watch and see what I'm going to do. You're 100 years old and you don't even have a child yet, but watch what I'm going to do. I, I just believe there's some people in here in this, in this room and watching on, on Facebook and podcasts who have experienced it just, in the, just over the past 12 months. Moments where life hurt. Anybody? Anybody had a moment where you said, God showed me what he could do. I'm talking about Satan. And if, if you can't double raise your hand on that one yet, watch out. Get ready. Because the thing, oh, I'm, I'm almost there. I can't tell you. It's my next point. If you had something, a hard time, and you couldn't raise your hand, get ready. It's all in his timing. It's all in his timing. Don't give up too soon. You could be almost to the break and the brink. And if you give up 
because you're focused on what is instead of what can be and what will be if you'll stay focused. You'll miss it. You'll miss it. He, he, you, 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 know why, you know why God said, in closing, go ahead and bring that music. You know why God said, count the stars? Because it was impossible for him to do it without God. He could have very easily said, hey, Abraham, see that collection of trees over there? Count those. That's the number of your descendants. He'd be like, oh, I could do that. One, two, three. Four, five. Hey, see those birds over there on that, on, that, on that tree limb? Count those. That's the number of your descendants. One, two, three. I mean, it could have been a hundred birds. But he said no. What did he say? He said, count the... See, 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 God will never lead you to a place that makes him irrelevant. The only way that, that was, him, he was going to be able to see the number of descendants, because he couldn't count them, was by trusting God. By trusting God. Tr- trusting what? Trusting what he said. Trusting what he said. Ephesians 3.20 says this. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us, within us to accomplish infinitely more than we could ask or think. I just said it. God, God wants to do more in your life than you could possibly imagine. Listen, what's that mean? God wants to do more in your life than you could ever imagine. He wants to do more in your life than he's doing right now. Some of, some of y'all, like, you're, you know you're walking in the blessings of the Lord, favor of the Lord. Listen, he's wanting to do more in your life than that. Like, think of the most, the best time, the, the highlight of your Christian walk. Listen, God wants to do more than that moment because he's bigger than a moment. He wants to do more through you than he's already done. And maybe what you're facing looks different than what he told you. Maybe what you're looking at and what you're going through and what you're facing looks a whole lot different like Abraham. It's a lot different than what he, what he told you it's going to be. But I came today to tell you that if you can ever get out of your tent and start counting stars, you could start seeing what God sees. Number three, prerequisite. You're going to have to start trusting God's timing. Every, every husband in the room identifies with this statement. Your time, your five minutes and her five minutes are completely different. The same is true with God. Your five minutes and his five minutes. Meaning your time and God's time are not the same. God even said it this way. A day to me is like a thousand years. And a thousand years is like a day listen in other words you're not going to find God on this you're not going to find God on a time slot you're not going to find God on a time schedule nada not ever after 25 years of waiting Sarah goes and says to Abraham just sleep with my assistant I guess we can have a child through her Listen to me. There were, what, was, what, was, what was her name? Hagar. That was, that was her assistant's name. There will always be a Hagar available as an immediate response to what you think you want and what you want to have. Or maybe, maybe God promised you. There's always a Hagar that will get you to what you see as the finish line. 
Or you can have a Sarah. See, Hagar, Hagar says, I'm going to do it my way. If you do it God's way, it's a long, slow process we call faith. The devil will even offer you a picture of what that vision looks like his way. And we will settle for it because we can get to it a whole lot faster than waiting on God because he don't keep time. I'll move to this job because surely this, this one's going to start paying me what I need. I got to have. And then you get there and you're frustrated. Why? Because you went for an immediate response instead of waiting on God. Yeah, but I got I to gotta pay my bills. I'm telling you, if you'll wait on God, he'll take care of it. I'm, in my own life, I've seen it. He'll take care of you. But why, why won't God just give it to me right now? Because if he gave it to you right now, it would crush you. Why? Because you're not ready. Think about the story of the children of Israel when he said, Oh, I'm going to give you the promised land, but I'm going to give it to you little by little. Why? Because if I gave it to you all at one time, it would crush you. If God, get, if God allowed somebody to play lottery or, or write a check or whatever for whatever, whatever million of dollars we need for that. If they, oh, that would be great. Oh, I mean, dude, that would be great. We, we'd have all new stuff. We'd, stuff would be working. We'd be on our property. And we don't share space with nobody and, and we'd have a nice facility. I mean, this, we're grateful for this. But it would crush us. Why? Because we're walking by faith every year, every day. We're reaching more people every week. If we're not ready for that, it would crush us. I'm talking, to, I'm talking to me. Strip the pastor title. I'm talking to be this morning. When, when I'm ready, that's why it's important for us to grow through the processes. And, and get out. If we stay in the tent and keep complaining, okay, God, I'm not coming out until we got our building. I mean, I, that's funny, but that's how we do as Christians. Well, I can't have it my way, so I'm going to take my toys and go play in somebody else's toy box. It's still not your toy box. It's somebody else's. If you would wait, God will give you your own. All right, I'm going to close. I'm going to close. I'm going to close. I'm going to close. I know. Some of you are like, he's getting wound up again. What am I saying? Embrace the process of God's timing. The Bible, matter of fact, the Bible says those who wait on the Lord, he will renew their strength. Have you ever waited on God and felt like you, you weren't getting your strength renewed? That's because you weren't waiting. You were whining. In your tent. I'm tired of waiting. Well, you're really not waiting, you're whining. I don't want to be a whiner. I don't want to be a complainer. I want to be grateful for where I am, grateful for what I have, and grateful for the people that God has surrounded me with. Because vision is about perspective. This is, this is it. Adam, come. I'm, I'm going to give you this last verse. I'm done. Habakkuk 2.3. I'll read this from the King James Version. It says this. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait. Vision is acknowledging that I could, I could have stayed stuck in the tent or I can do it God's way. And I choose to do it God's way. And even though second best may show up faster, I'm going to wait on God. There was a quote that I heard and I wrote it down. Oh, here it is. Adam, you ready? Listen to this. 
The arm of the flesh can usually produce faster results than the hand of God. The arm of the flesh, I'll do it my way, will always move, most of the time will move faster than the hand of God. Because your way and God's way will never sync up. So my challenge for you today, church, what do I want you to do? Grab a vision for your life. What I want you to know, you can't find purpose without it. Amen? Done. Well, thanks again for tuning in. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. For more content from Release City or just to stay connected with us, be sure to check us out on all of our social media platforms at Release City Church or through our website at releasecitychurch.org. We love you. And until next time, the best is yet to come.